You might be wondering what John 21 has to do with our final film of the summer series. It's a really legitimate question. Top Gun Maverick is the sequel to the 1986 film Top Gun, starring who else? Tom Cruise. To say that the movie has done well at the box office is understated. It has become the highest grossing film of all time in the U.S., surpassing The Avengers with $624 million and climbing. I watched it twice, the first time just for entertainment, and the second time I found out I'm delivering this message, so I watched it again. And after seeing it the second time, I think there's a reason why it has performed so well. You know, I think it touches something within each of us. Now, on one level, it's just nostalgia, similar to what Stranger Things has done on Netflix for us Gen Xers. It's connected us and transported us to the past. Now, let's see if we can capture some of that nostalgia in this line, and I'll do my best Tom Cruise impersonation. It could be bad. I feel the need, I feel the need for speed. Woo! That was bad. If you didn't see the film, you don't, that didn't make any sense to you, but that's okay. Anyway, Top Gun has high-flying adventure, cool special effects, the regular building and film of tension and fight drama, and of course, a smidge of romance. Those aspects landed with the audience. Yes, another terrible joke, but I think it touched something within us, just a bit deeper, something simple, dare I say profound, which is strange to say about a Tom Cruise movie. Yet there it is, hidden in plain sight. And I suspect that you'll be able to identify with it whether you've watched the movie or not. And it certainly is present in the John story. What am I talking about? Mistakes and the regret that goes with them. Regret adds burden to our souls, infesting our hearts and our minds and prevents us from moving forward in both obvious and even subtle ways. So two guys named Pete made some mistakes and both had regret. I'm talking about Pete Maverick Mitchell and Peter, one of the most influential and trusted disciples of Jesus. They're haunted by choices, regret, sadness, and shame. Yet both Pete's are called to an important mission. And the reality is this, if they don't heal and resolve the junk that's weighing them down, they won't be able to best fulfill God's call on their lives. I imagine you can relate to making some mistakes in your life that you regret. I certainly can. You know, I hurt many people I love before I got sober and discovered Jesus Christ. Some I hurt by accident, some intentionally. I couldn't fix the damage and pain I caused. I lost important relationships and abandoned a career track that I really thought I was kind of made for. There were outcomes to all that. Regret sadness and shame were a present companion, often affecting me, my relationship with God and my relationship with others in ways I didn't even really realize. You know, we all make mistakes, but the ones that sting the most intensely and have staying power are the ones when the people we love most get hurt. I want you to take a moment and think about a mistake you've made that hurt others that you still experience some kind of regret, whether it was in the distant past or just recently. 
Do you have that in your mind? As you listen today, I encourage you to consider applying the scripture and the teaching to your own situation. So let's get to the film. Tom Cruise returns as Pete Maverick Mitchell. He's been a top pilot for 30 years, but he can't get past that captain rank. How come? Because of insubordination and a persistent defiant streak. His past mistakes are haunting him, primarily the death of his best friend and partner from the first film, Goose Bradshaw. It was a flight accident, and while Maverick was cleared of wrongdoing in his death, he feels responsible, and that pain and regret follows him throughout his life. Val Kilmer returns to play Iceman, but not as Maverick's nemesis like in the first film. Kilmer is Cruz's greatest supporter and ally. And right out of the gate, we learn that Iceman has ascended to the top rank of four-star admiral in the Navy. Later, the audience discovers he's struggling with throat cancer, and he can't even really talk. He communicates through computer or by text. Now, Iceman's the reason Maverick is still in the Navy and wasn't kicked out. He has bailed him out multiple occasions, including about 15 minutes into the movie after yet another act of insubordination. Facing possible dismissal, Maverick hears that he's, he's going to stay in the Navy, but he's going to be sent to the place where it all began, the Top Gun School. So the commander of the Top Gun School isn't real uh, hot and pleased about that, uh, and he lets Maverick know it. Maverick's mission will, um, will be to prepare the best of the best for an almost impossible flying mission to destroy an enemy target. And he just, he's got three weeks. The mission will likely mean death for the pilots chosen for this important and perilous assignment. The twist is this, that his deceased partner's son, Rooster, is one of the pilots and likely a candidate to fly the mission. Another kind of factor that interplays. Maverick is hindered Rooster's career path because his mother asked him to. Rooster doesn't know that, but he resents him. He doesn't understand why Maverick stalled his career. Now, Maverick is put in the position that if he selects his partner's son, Rooster, he'll likely die. And Pete is bogged down with regret about Goose and the fear that by selecting his son, his greatest fear will be realized. Now let's talk about the other Pete. Peter's back in Galilee with the other disciples in John 21. Mind you, this scene is post-crucifixion and uh, after Peter visited the empty tomb. The resurrected Christ visits the disciples on two occasions in John 20, just the chapter before in Jerusalem. And during the first one, he says, as my father has sent me, so I send you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If any of you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. Now in John 21, the disciples are back in the place where they are from, doing what they used to do before following Jesus, fishing. We aren't sure why. Maybe Jesus Jesus's call to I send you mission hasn't been fulfilled yet, or maybe they just need to eat. We don't really know. So they're out there fishing and they're not catching anything. And there's some guy on the beach they don't recognize that tells them to drop their nets. And when they do, they can barely pull it up with, because it's so full of fish. And they figure it out pretty quickly, it's Jesus. 
and they all go and have breakfast together. And after finishing the meal, Jesus asked Peter three questions that just cut him to the heart, that touched that place of regret. They place Peter squarely face to face with his mistake when he denied Jesus three times. The last time Peter ate a meal with Jesus was at the Last Supper. And it was at that meal when Peter forcefully and arrogantly proclaimed to Jesus and everybody there, he'd never fall away. Peter even says that if he himself must die, he won't deny. And you likely know the rest of the story. Peter does deny Jesus three times. He's filled with regret and perhaps is having a hard time believing that he can move forward with the mission he received. Back to the other Pete. The pivotal scene in the movie is when Maverick goes to meet Iceman at his house. Before going into his office, he learns from Iceman's wife that the cancer in his throat has returned. There's nothing the doctors can do. It's a very touching scene between two men who were former nemesis, uh, nemeses, but now are friends. Maverick laments to him about his regret and his conundrum with selecting a rooster for the deadly mission. He states this, if I send him on this mission, he might never come home. And if I don't send him, he'll never forgive me. Iceman leans over to his computer and slowly types the following. It's time to let go. That simple sentence breaks down Maverick's emotional walls. Filled with tears of regret and grief, he responds with the truthful statement, I don't know how. It's the message he needed to hear. It's the message Peter and the disciples needed to hear as well. And maybe it's one that you need to hear too. But like Maverick, you might not know how. Now we could spend a whole sermon series on how to let it go. And it's a good topic to explore with a counselor or a spiritual mentor or a group. But I wanna offer you just a couple of tangible ways to let go. And then also invite you to consider a few things about how God might see your mistakes. Peter came face to face with his regret. You should too. Acknowledge it, whatever it is and however it is affecting you and how it impacted others. It's kind of the first step. Secondly, don't do it alone. Peter didn't. He had a community of believers around him and of course, Jesus. And lastly, get out of yourself and go help someone else. There is no remedy better to pull oneself out of self-loathing, regret, and fear than finding a way to help somebody else. Jesus tells Peter, feed my lambs, tend to my sheep, feed my sheep. He didn't say, keep focusing on your mistakes. Again, face your mistake, don't do it alone, and go help somebody else. Here's why all of that matters. If you don't, you're gonna stay stuck. And your relationship with God and others, and even yourself, is get, they're gonna be affected. But there's something even worse than that, in my opinion. And it comes from John 20, what we talked about before. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. And that includes their own. And that includes ours. You see, we are called to forgive. That's really what defines a follower of Jesus. I mean, that also means forgiving yourself. And when you don't, you're basically saying, this is what you're saying. You're saying that God's grace is too small to cover what you did or what you failed to do. And that the work on the cross and God raising Jesus just isn't 
enough to handle your mistake. And if you think about that, and if you believe that, that really kind of smells of reverse pride. And if you don't let it go, and if I don't let things go, most of us will return to what we do know. We'll go back fishing rather than responding to Jesus Christ's promise as he said this, as God sent me, I sent you. Now I wanna invite you to believe two things about God with regard to your mistakes, or that's too strong, or at least the possibility that they could be true. The first is this, God forgives you. There's a place where John the writer in 1 John says something about this. It's from verse nine. He says, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ask to be forgiven and you will be free. Second, God can use, this sounds crazy, God can use your mistake for good possibly even for mission. Your experience of doing it wrong can be used powerfully by God. Paul the Apostle got at this at Romans 8. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called to what? According to his purpose. This includes you. This includes your mistakes. This was what Peter did when he asked him, do you love me? Feed my lambs, tend my sheep. You see, it's not, I'm not saying that God delights in our mistakes or that God puppeteered them to occur, only that God can use them when we turn toward love and we let go. Believing that God forgives you and that your mistakes can be used by God doesn't mean you're not gonna feel regret or sorrow. It doesn't mean that there aren't consequences or that relationships aren't changed or lost. But when we do those tangible things and we believe or at least believe in the possibility of God forgiving us and using our mistakes, we become more prepared to be the instruments of God's love and to be sent out to fulfill the greatest commandment. The God revealed in Jesus, in his life, in his teachings, in his brutal death, in the resurrection says this. When your mistakes fill you with regret and hold you back, and when the world says that you don't deserve to be forgiven nor restored, God says the rest of your story is being written. And you've got what it takes to be sent, to love God, to love others, to love enemies and to love yourself. Friends, it's time to let go. Let us pray. God of light and of love, we give thanks for who you are, for the way you forgive, for the way you can use our brokenness for light. Help us to be the people of the light. Send us in mission. Show us the way. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.